Welcome to the Undivided Women's Podcast. I'm Kristen Price, and I'm your hostess, and I am so glad that you are joining me today. At Undivided Women, we encourage women to go deeper in the Word of God and with each other through Jesus Christ. We help each woman identify how to love God and her people with all her heart by equipping her with the ability to remove distractions so that she can focus and live fully in the here and now. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Undivided Women's Podcast. To follow along with Undivided Women, we encourage you to subscribe to our newsletters to receive our free online Bible studies, and you can find those at undividedwomen.com. You can also connect with us online uh, through Instagram and Facebook at Undivided Women. friends. I am so excited to be with you today. Uh, Just recently, my church launched a quarterly event for women called The Gathering, and y'all, it was so much fun. I'm not going to lie, I was a little nervous about it during the planning stages just because, you know, you never know how many people are going to show up, if they're going to like what you're going to say, or they're going to like hang around afterwards, but y'all, it was so cool to just see these women pour into our church on a Friday night, and then they were all just ready to worship, and they were engaged in the message, and then they even stayed after for our yummy breakfast bar, and so it really was so much fun. And at our first gathering, I had the opportunity to share about how women, myself included, struggle with never feeling like we are enough. Have you ever been there? (laughs) We feel never enough in our marriages, jobs, being a mom, our grades, and even with our own bodies. Why do we feel like we are never enough, and how can we approach this year with more confidence in ourselves? This was the question that I had, and that's what I asked the ladies that evening. And in today's podcast, you'll get a chance to listen to why women struggle with not feeling enough and how Christ gives us strength in the areas of our lives that we feel the most shame. Whew, we go deep, girls. <laughs> we discuss what it looks like to practice spiritual order and how God promises to provide us everything we need to live full, satisfied lives. You also get a chance to listen to my interview with Holly Wynn, who shares her story on why she got breast implants and then chose to have them removed. It was really cool, and I was so proud of her for being authentic and sharing her journey that evening, and I know it has impacted so many women already. And, you know, we all have our own struggles with not feeling enough with our bodies, and she really does have this encouraging message of what it means to listen to your body and love yourself at any size. And so we pray that this message will remind you that hope does not put us to shame. Enjoy.
if I don't have my phone, I can go all night. So, <laughs> um, but we are so excited to have y'all here. And um, a couple of housekeeping things as we get going. Uh, we do want you to know that our bathrooms are located outside. Um, if you just go out into the hallway and to the right, you can find the restrooms out there. And we hope that you stay afterwards. We are going to have an after party and we're gonna have some community time and we're gonna have some really yummy breakfast food. So who doesn't love breakfast food? So y'all stay after and eat some breakfast food with us. Um, so as we are getting going into this evening tonight, you know, I think many of us, it's January and we're kind of getting into the rhythm of our routines. And I think for many of us, you know, we start out uh, the year always with such great expectations, you know, and we start out with these goals and we start out with these New Year's resolutions. Who all sets New Year's resolutions? Yeah, some of you. Okay, um, some of you are like, nah, I'm done with that. <laughs> but um, I know for many of us, often we can set New Year's resolutions, and they can be things like, you know, I want to, um, you know, save some money this year, or I want to spend more time with my loved ones, or, you know, so often a general resolution is always, you know, I want to get healthy, I want to lose some weight. And I think, you know, for many of us, we start out with that resolution. We're like, yes, we are going to do it. And so we start to get really motivated, right? And so we say, okay, well, how can I, like, what can help me on this path? Obviously, my eating habits and, and you know, exercise and that kind of stuff. But also, we think, you know, I've got to have some new clothes. <laughs> and I've got to have some clothes to help me out. Um, with this whole, you know, trying to get healthy thing. And I don't know about y'all, but I love the new athleisure wear movement. Is anyone else with me on this? Yes, it's fabulous, is it not? Because we can have athleisure wear. It's this whole new movement in clothing that is clothing that is designed to look very good and to be matching and coordinating. And it's workout clothes, but it's perfectly acceptable for us to wear them throughout the day, even if we never work out. It's awesome. And so we can give the appearance of, yeah, I am totally getting healthy and I am totally losing weight, but we're just really in our workout clothes and we're in our comfy clothes all day long. And so I love this because I get to wear my comfy clothes. I mean, they even have news like city jogger pants that you can wear to work. And I mean, it's just fabulous. And so anyways, I don't know about y'all, but I have seen these commercials on TV for these workout clothes. And I think we've got a commercial that we can maybe show just so you can get a picture of this. Do we have the uh, Fabletics commercial? Oh yeah. $24 leggings. Oh, yes. And so I went and I ordered me some leggings. I got some cute floral ones. I got the matching sports bra and the shirt. I even got a little overlay to go on top of it since it's winter time. And so I was like, ooh, I am so excited about my new Fabletics. And so I go and I put on my leggings and I take a look at myself and then I look around in the mirror and I'm like, my booty does not look like the booties on that commercial. And I was like, I gotta return these. They lied. They, they had this image of how we were gonna look in these clothes, and I am not looking like that. 
And it's, it's seriously, I was like, man. And then I realized, like, you actually do have to work out to have a booty like that. Um, and so the, the leggings are cute, though. And I think for me, you know, that's, that's a struggle of mine. That is a sensitive place that I'm always kind of, I see myself in a negative light. And I struggle with um, my trunk area. And I struggle with the way I look. I actually had to buy my pants a whole size bigger just so they can fit my rear end and cover everything that needs to be covered. And I can't wear the cute straight dresses. I always have to have the A-line dresses. See my else have hair shape and, and deal with that too. It's just not fun. And so, you know, for me, when I think about, okay, I gotta, you know, get healthy and I gotta, you know, be on track, I always kind of tend to go to that area. And I tend to think, okay, I need to do a diet and an exercise routine that's gonna help me with that. But I think diets are one of those things that, uh, you know, they're, they're good in some ways, but they're really awful in a lot of other ways. Um, you know, sometimes those diets, we, it gives us those boundaries and it gives us um, a, a way of what we need to eat and how we need to eat and, and it helps us to know like what works for our body. But at the same time, we can get going and get so gung-ho in those diets and then we, we just want a cookie and that's all we want. And so we, we end up binge eating and then we feel guilty about it. And, and we feel like what we're doing is, is never enough. And it's just like, I can't keep up. So it's like you can lose the weight, but then you have to maintain that weight loss, you know? And so for me, when I start thinking about um, diets and going into the new year and, and just what I want for myself for this year, like, yeah, I want to be fit and yeah, I want to be healthy. But I think there's certain ways to go about it. And I think so often as women, we can start going on these paths of great intentions, but then we drop off. And when we drop off, we feel this tremendous amount of shame and this tremendous amount of guilt. And we feel like what we are doing is never enough. And so tonight we're really going to explore this term, never enough. We're going to talk about how not only with our bodies do we sometimes feel that way, but maybe we feel that way if we're a student with, with the grades that we're making and, and the amount of work that we have as a student. Maybe we feel this way as a mom, like everything that we're doing and we're trying to juggle our kids and get them to all the places that they need to be, but then we make these mistakes and we just feel like, man, I just feel like what I'm doing is never enough. Or maybe we feel that way with our relationship with, with our spouse or our loved ones. Or maybe we feel this way about our career. Like, are we ever going to get to the place where we feel like what we have done is enough? Or does it always feel like we're climbing and having to do more and be more and have more? And so I want us to think about this idea of never enough. And before we really dig into to scripture and everything, I want to invite a friend up to the stage. And if we have Holly, if she can go ahead and come up here. Um, Holly Wynn is on staff here at our church. She is our nursery coordinator. And she is the wife to Mark. And she's the mom to four children. And um, Holly, you can sit right here. Okay. And I just love Holly because, yeah, that right there is great. Because um, I've gotten to know Holly over the years. And we actually go to the same gym. And so... Uh, we also, you know, I, I watched her kind of grow up, some, it, it, just your relationship with Christ. And so we're really excited to have Holly with us tonight because um, this past year, Holly has really had to um, 
struggle with this uh, this illness in a lot of ways, and it's called um, breast implant illness. And so we're going to talk to Holly a little bit about her walk with her own body and how that has related, yes, to her relationship with Christ. Perfect. Sorry. <laughs> and so obviously the. Um, the struggle. I know. We got it. We got it. Now we're really talking to one another. Do we all like Oprah and her dad? Yeah. <laughs> so welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so obviously, um, as I mentioned, Holly um, went through something called breast implant illness. And so I wanted just to start off by asking you. So you have had breast implants. Yes. 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 And what made you decide to get implants? In the first place. Um, okay, I'm really nervous, so bear with me, guys. Um, so, after our fourth child was born, um, I had nursed her for probably 15 months, so probably a total of three years of nursing between all of my kids. Um, and, you know, all the baby weight came off, and she stopped nursing, and um, these things just did not look like they used to anymore. <laughs> they, they just, um, I like to say they looked sad. That's how I felt in the moment. Um, and so I was going to the gym, and it seemed like every woman at the gym had implants. I think probably more women had implants than did not have implants. So I started comparing myself to them and I started contemplating it and then y'all I had four kids so there was nothing happening in the bedroom either and so I thought maybe if I had pretty boobs that this whole intimacy problem will be fixed um, boobs don't fix intimacy problems guys just FYI but it gets way deeper than that so um, I talked to my husband about it and of course my husband is, is amazing and he's very supportive of anything that I want to do and he flat out told me I don't think you need to do this but if it's something you feel like you need to do then we will do it I'll, I will be supportive of that so um, so I did that's what happened <laughs> so you got your implants mm -hmm. and how long did you have them um like two and a half years okay not very long <laughs> and most people didn't even know because I I mean I didn't really go that big yeah, you just made yourself, and, and you liked the way you looked, right? Yeah, I liked how they filled out a bathing suit. Yeah, yeah. And we actually have um, the implants. If Wendy is around and wants to start passing it around, because you had yes. them removed. I did, and and, and they're clean. And I they're promise, clean. they're very clean. They're so you don't have to you don't have to touch them, but if you if you are interested, they're there. They're there. You can take them out yes. if you want to and we look at them. them. But I want you to, when you do hold them, I want you to just kind of feel how heavy they are because I don't have a large chest. And so to put something that heavy on my chest um, is remarkable to me, and I can't believe that I did that. But anyway. So you had your implants, and then tell us why you decided to get them removed. Well, um, I was on social media, and... It was on Instagram. I saw this random woman doing a video about breast implant illness. This was in September of this past year. Um, I've never heard of breast implant illness. 
<clears throat> but I, um, I was in shock because ever since I'd had my implants, I had gone downhill and I didn't know what it was. And um, I just kept telling everybody, I'm about to be 39 now. At the time, I kept telling everybody, ever since I turned 37, I'm just going downhill. I'm just falling apart. Ever since I turned 37, I don't know what's going on. I was still working out. I was still eating good. Nothing in my life had changed except that. But I never thought to myself that that could be the issue. So, um, so what was happening to your body? So I had pneumonia twice. I had a kidney stone. I had sinus infection, chest congestion, a cough that would never go away. Um, I mean, people probably thought I was a smoker because I was always coughing. And um, I had joint problems. I had a hip. My hip was always sore, so I quit running for an entire year, and I love to run. Um, Things just kept happening. Yeah, it was, and it was, I mean, and it all just happened, like, within, within a year. It all just happened, and I, and I couldn't figure out why. And um, when I saw this video on Instagram of this woman talking about breast implant illness, I just about hit the floor and could not believe that I had never considered that could be the problem. Okay. Now, I think we have some pictures that we can show. Mm -hmm. um, so, Holly, she went through the surgery. And um, tell us what's going on in this picture. Oh, okay. So, um, those are my implants right there. And then the tissue that you see beside of it is, they call it the capsule. Um, so, when implants are put in your body, your body forms tissue around the capsule, around the implant, and, um, you know, they've got to get that tissue out, too, because, I mean, a lot of people think that the tissue is contaminated because it's been around the implant, so um, mine had only been in for two and a half years, so there wasn't a ton of tissue to take out, so that is what you see in that picture, but, um, and then do we have another picture that we can show? <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a couple weeks after surgery. Yeah. So, okay, I want to know. I love, I love how honest she was. Okay, I followed this whole breast implant illness journey, and I was just like, wow. Like, I was amazed. I was blown away. And I think the thing that got to me the most was when I was reading your story. Like, yes, you, you were responding to your body. But tell me about how your relationship with Christ kind of helped you listen to your body begin to love yourself again. Tell me about that. Well, I, um, I wasn't even working in the church yet when I got my implants. It was, it was just a few months after I had them that um, I started working here. And then after I started working here, I started leading a women's group. And so it's really, it's really neat how God has led me to, to right here today. Um, I mean, he's been working on me for a while. Um, and leading, leading this women's group um, out of my home really turned me into a stronger, more confident person. Um, and we did this study called Crazy Love by Francis Chan. If you haven't done it, it will rock your world. <laughs> um, but it changed me. I mean, it, it, it really changed me, and it was 
when I was doing that study is when I saw the video on Instagram and I just thought um, I need to live a I need a, to live a simpler better life for the Lord and I need to um, I need to give him all the glory so um, so that really helped you yeah. make the decision so I, I learned about it in September and in October those suckers came out <laughs> so Tell me, like, what has it been like since then? And maybe what, what's your hope for other people hearing this story? What can they receive from this? Um, just know that changing your body doesn't fix the other problems, the, the inner problems. Um, it didn't fix my intimacy problem that I was having with my husband. Um, I mean, that's just what happens when you get older and have lots of kids. <laughs> but um, it didn't fix that, and, and that's what I was hoping for, but it didn't. Um, you know, all of that stuff that you're dealing with has to be, has, you, you gotta give that to God, and you gotta, you gotta pray for him to help you with that. Um, changing your appearance, it's just, it's not gonna fix anything. And, um, you know, if the big struggle, with this for me was my children knowing about it, and especially my daughters. I have two daughters. One of them's not really old enough to understand, but um, when I did have the implants, I had to tell them something. When I got them done, I, had, I was going to the hospital to have surgery, and I wasn't gonna be able to pick them up or do things, so I had to tell them something. So um, I told them that Mommy was going to get her boobies fixed because they were messed up from breastfeeding for so long. I thought at the time that was a good, a good reason, a good excuse to give them. Um, when I went to have them taken out, I had to think about, well, now what am I going to say? How am I going to let my eight-year-old daughter know, who's very aware of her body now, um, that I made a mistake? and that I don't want her to make the same mistake. So um, I, I was honest with them and I told them, you know, mommy made a big mistake. I did something I should have never done. Um, I assured her that breastfeeding your children does not ruin your boobs and it does not mean you need to go have surgery to fix them. Um, I told her that God had given me what I have and I tried to change it. Um, but God showed me that I can be happy with myself and I can love myself the way that he made me and that I want her to always love herself the way that God has made her and that everybody's boobs are different shapes and different sizes and some hang lower and some sit higher and um, I just want her to always feel good about herself and never feel like she has to change herself the way that I did. So I'm just honest with her about it. Because I think it's a real life example 
of how sometimes we can feel like we're not enough. And I want to be really clear with you all tonight that we're not saying implants are bad. (laughs) We know that for some women, you need implants. And so that's not the message that we're trying to really get across tonight. But really what we want to share with you is, is knowing that we've got to listen to our bodies. We've got to listen to God and how he has designed us. And we've got to move in the direction that he has for us. And so when we start to kind of shift our our thinking and we start to look at ourselves as instead of thinking that we are not enough, we've got to start looking at how we are enough in Christ. And God talks a lot about the body. He talks a lot about the spirit and he talks a lot about the soul throughout scripture. We've got a verse from Paul in 1 Thessalonians. And he says, um, Paul's speaking to the church, and he says, it's like a blessing that he's giving to the church. And he says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So very clearly in this verse, Paul is stating that we, in order for us to be made whole, another version of this, it actually has whole, it's holy, it's W-H-O-L-L-Y, and that's a sense of completeness and a sense of beauty, and in order for us to be whole, we've got to listen to not only our bodies, but our spirit and our soul, and I'm not sure if you are aware of this, but there is actually a spiritual order to the way God has designed us. And so when you look at your spirit, your soul, and your body, I think we've got a diagram. Um, We've got your body, your soul, and your spirit. And there's ways that we can go about listening to each of these things. Now, of course, our body says our external shell, right? It's what houses everything. God says that he made us from the dust of the earth, and he formed us. And our bodies are our shell that houses our our internal organs. And in our bodies, you know, they are beautiful and they are complex and they are each designed in their own unique way. So again, we have to listen to our bodies and what our bodies are telling us. Holly's body responded to the implants and she got sick. Other people, we respond to our external environment and to our internal emotions in different ways. Some of us cry, I'm a crier. Some of us um, get sick to our stomachs. Have you ever just found yourself in knots over something? How about hot flashes? Anybody in here? I know there's some ladies that have had some hot flashes. Yeah, we have these different responses. So our bodies literally respond to our feelings and our emotions. And that's what our soul is. Our soul is our internal part. And this is what is housed um, our feelings and our emotions, our mind, our heart, our will, our, our sense of free choice. All of this is inside of us. And our souls, um, they, they respond often, you know, by, by what we think other people are thinking about us or what we think about ourselves. And then finally, we have our spirit. And the spirit is in the hiddenmost parts of us. And it is our inward um, connection to God that we receive through a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And scripture tells us that once we receive Christ inside of us, we are given the Holy Spirit, which is living and alive. And so spiritual order is, is when um, the way God has designed us for spiritual order is to be led by that, that spirit. And the spirit is meant to lead the soul and then the body. But what so often happens and what we struggle with is our bodies and our souls get loud. Have you ever had a craving? A hunger craving and it's so loud and it's so hungry you're like if I don't eat anything right now I just feel like I'm gonna fall apart I know for me when I get hungry and my body starts responding I get hangry and being hangry Kristen is not good <laughs> and when I get hangry it's just like someone has to feed me and I've got to get that food inside of me in order for me to go on our bodies, they can not only respond to the cravings of food, but they can respond to what the world is telling us. The world is always telling us that we want more. I know for me, you know, when I think about how I respond to my body and how my body can lead me, um, I was joking earlier about my backside, and I actually joked with my husband. I said, Raleigh, we are talking about boobies and booties in one whole sentence. And I said, I can't believe we're talking about this at church, but we're going there. But, you know, really, um, when I, I, I was joking, but it's a struggle. It is a struggle. And I think for me, sometimes when I begin to look at, you know, what the world is telling me and my body begins to respond to the world and my soul begins to respond to the world, the world is always telling me that there's got to be more. You've got to do more. You've got to be more. You've got to have more. And so I find myself chasing the, these ideas of, of, of perfection and trying to attain um, this achievement. And it's a really big struggle that I've had to work through over years and years and years. Because I want to be good. I want to be loved. I want to be known. I want, I want to know that the work that I'm doing, it, it, it matters. And so my body and my soul, they respond to what the world is telling me. And so often, my body and my soul, it's like... It's like a toddler. Do any of you have small children? Yeah. I have a four-year-old, and he's constantly, he doesn't know what it means to be patient. And so when he needs something, he needs something now. And so he will come up to me, Mommy, 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 can you turn on YouTube? Can you fix me some chocolate milk? Can we go to McDonald's? Mommy, 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 Mommy. And I'm like, what? Slow down. It's okay. Let's be patient. We're not going to get this right now. You don't need McDonald's. You don't need to watch YouTube. You've had enough of that. You don't need more. But he's like, no, I want more. I want more. I want more. And that's what our bodies and our soul do. They get loud and they're demanding and they crave the attention right now. You know what our spirits do? Our spirits get quiet. Our spirits do not compete. You know, so often it's known as this still, small voice inside of us. And so while our bodies and our souls are freaking out about this world and, and trying to be and do and have enough, we get exhausted. 
We get worn out. We get weary. And our bodies and our souls, our spirit, it, it begins to just say, like, you've got to settle yourself down. You're hurting yourself. Does this make any kind of sense? Okay. Do we have the picture? Yeah, we've got the picture of spiritual order. So when we allow our spirits to lead us, when we decide to listen to that still, small voice, our spirit begins to call the shots, and our body and our soul will naturally follow. Isn't that cool? That's how God designed us. He didn't design for us to go about this world and do it all on our own. But so often, because of that loudness, we allow that to lead. And so I want to ask you tonight, and I want you to ask yourself, is your soul, is your spirit living in famine, or is it living in freedom? Are you always hungry for more? Do you feel like what you are doing is never enough? Because I think for many of us in this room, we know, like, yeah, Jesus sets us free. Like, we know all of this. We've heard all of this. But are we actually experiencing it? Are we walking around letting the Spirit lead us? Are we living in freedom? I know I'm not. <laughs> not always. I know I want to. And I think for us, when we begin to um, struggle with this idea of famine or freedom. Um, we live in this world that, that believes that, that, that there's not enough. We live in this world of scarcity. And scarcity makes us bring everything really close and huddle it in tight because we think we're not going to have enough, so i got to gather and i got to get it and i got to keep it all because if I don't keep it all, someone's going to take it away. And I'm not going to have enough. I, is, I, am I going to have enough money? Am I going to be thin enough? Am I going to make good enough grades to get the job that I want? I don't know. So I'm going to keep it really close. I'm going to keep what I do have. Because I'm so scared. I'm so scared that I'm not going to have enough and there's not going to be enough. And you know what scarcity does to us? It makes us feel shame. And shame is the most powerful master emotion that manipulates us and it keeps us from living in spiritual order. Shame wrecks us from the inside out. And there's, and when we begin to have this, this scarcity, scarcity leads to shame, it also leads to comparison, and it leads to disengagement. And shame, my friends, is the fear of not being loved. Is the fear of disconnection. Is the fear of not belonging. And so when we begin to experience shame, there's all these different ways that we have it. And there's actually 12 categories of shame. Let's see if we can pull those up. Some of them are, we have our shame in our appearances, our body image, money, work, parenting, family, motherhood, mental, physical health, addiction, sex, aging, religion, surviving trauma, being stereotyped, labeled. And I know sometimes we can experience our own shame, but we can also experience shame in the people around us. We can be so ashamed if maybe our son or our daughter had to check into rehab 
because of an addiction that they've been going through. We can feel shame over maybe our spouse cheated on us and we just surely do not feel loved and noticed right now. Maybe someone close to us is really battling their weight. Maybe they're having different illnesses and the medicine that they are on are causing them to, to you know, gain more weight than they're naturally used to. And so there's this shame that comes with that. And it's like, this isn't me. How do I get back to myself? There's so many ways that we experience shame. And it's all connected to our body and our soul. And so you've got this card. Everyone was given a card tonight. And I want you to take a second. And on this card, there's a line. And I want you to write underneath the line how you might experience shame. I want you to think about it. Because I know for me, you know, shame, one, something it can do, it, shame can lead to anger. It can lead to addiction. It can lead to anxiety. And I know for me, when I was going through that season of feeling like what I was doing was never enough and I always had to do more and be more and have more, I experienced a tremendous amount of anxiety. And I don't know if any of you struggle with that, if that's what you're writing down tonight, but if you do, you totally get where I'm coming from. It literally attacks you from the inside out and it's like you get in this fetal position and like I said I'm a crier and so many nights I would just go in my closet and I would sob and I would just feel like why am I feeling this way why do I feel so much shame why can't I get my act together and I was embarrassed and embarrassment is different from shame guilt is different from shame But shame just overcame me and it made me feel like I wasn't enough. And so I went into this season where I was just completely burned out. Have any of you been burned out? I I just, I didn't, I didn't care as much anymore. And it's not that I didn't want to care. It's just like I physically had given so much of myself that I no longer could keep up. I could not keep up with the world. I could not keep up with um, just, I mean, my family, bless their hearts, I would come home at night and I would be so physically spent that I would just go to bed. I mean, I, was, I, I wasn't myself. My body and my soul were responding to this anxiety in such a way that at the beginning of last year, when I stepped on the scale, I was the heaviest I had ever been outside of being pregnant. Now, I know my heaviest might be different from your heaviest, but I think we all have a sense of where we feel satisfied and where we feel like we're in our our good region, and we can either get below that or we can get above that. And when I stepped on that scale, again, these tears just came to my eyes because on one hand, I was shocked. I was so surprised. I was like, oh my word, (gasps) That, that, that number. Woo, you know, and, and I just, I, I, was, I remember just feeling, um, again, ashamed. But I shouldn't have been surprised because the habits that I had um, been going through and the cycle of life that I had been in for the six months prior, all that burnout 
It made total sense. Again, my body was responding, and I was not allowing the Spirit to lead me. Shame is powerful. It's scary. It wrecks us. And, and I think to myself sometimes, I'm like, I know I'm not the only one going through this, but man, it sure does feel like I'm alone right now. And scripture tells us that there's actually this woman and her, her title was the weeping woman. That is what she was known for. And this woman, she was known as the weeping woman. She had so many tears and she was crying so abundantly that her tears literally wet Jesus' feet. And she came to his feet because she had so much shame over her sin. And so she was crying, and she just said, enough, enough with it. I can't take this anymore. And so she's crying at Jesus' feet, and his feet are dirty. They are gross. He's been traveling. He's had sandals on. He's been in the desert. And it, it, they're just filthy, and her tears are literally cleaning his feet. And she takes her hair, and she wipes it away because she knows that she cannot do this anymore on her own. She's so tired of the shame that she is experiencing. And friends, I want us to be like that woman, and I want us to go to Jesus' feet. I want us to know that we are enough in Christ. Because a diet of scarcity, it makes us feel deprived. For us to live healthy and whole, we have to believe that God will provide. God will provide. Paul talks about this in Philippians. In Philippians 4, um, he, he's in jail in Rome, but he's so like, hey guys, I am so content. I have learned the secret to being content in everything. And he says, um, he says in verse 13, he says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. He then goes on to say that I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received this gift. And then he goes on to say, and my God will meet every need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And I want us to take a second and I want us to pull out three words. I want us to pull out the words all Full and every. Because when Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, he's literally saying that I have given all of myself over to Christ. I'm in jail. There's nothing I can do. I cannot control the outcome of my situation. So I am giving all things. I'm giving every part of myself to Christ. And so when we can say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, that's when we are saying, I can give God my central. I can give him my heart. I can give him everything. God, take it all. Don't allow me to lead with my body and my soul anymore. I want your spirit to lead me. And when we, when we give God our everything, when we give him our all, we, we begin to deepen that relationship with Him. And He begins to do a good work within us. 
And y'all, that's the part that I was missing for so many years, was I felt like I had to do for God, but actually God does for me. He does it for you. God begins to work within us. And so after I saw like that number on the scale, and I just thought, oh my gosh, how have I allowed myself to get to this point? I went home and I knew there was work that I needed to do. I know there's physical things that I needed to do to get back to my personal wellness and my personal number that was good for me. But I also knew that I had to rest in God and in what He could do. And so I, I remember last year, I just kept going through the year and I was like, I've got to take care of myself. And I, I just, I love the verse that it says, you know, be still and let me fight for you. Let me move. You stay where you are. And I just saw that happen again and again and again. And it was just so beautiful because God worked so many things out. Just by me just saying, okay, enough. I'm going to let you do your thing, God, and I'm going to follow suit. And when we begin to have that relationship with God, He begins to attack that shame. And He says, no, you are loved. You belong. You are made for connection, not perfection. Let me be perfect. You don't have to be. Let me move within you. And then when Paul says, I have received full payment, he's actually talking about physical cash here, guys. Like I said, he is in jail and he needed some resources. So the church literally brought um, him money that he needed from Philippi to Rome, and he had his physical needs met. And I love this, and I think it's important, this word full, because God will provide the material and he will provide the spiritual. He's not going to leave us hanging. And what's so cool about an event like this tonight is we get to gather together with other women in a community of believers. And that's what the community of Christ does, is we help one another out when we are in times of trouble. How many of you have received a gift from a friend in your time of need, and you know that that gift came because you your sisters in Christ? It's beautiful the way the body works. And I think it's so cool how God does connect the spiritual to the physical. So believe that he can do the change and he can do the mighty work within you. And then finally this word every, and my God will meet every need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He's saying that he's gonna meet every single person. It wasn't just for Paul, it wasn't just for me. There's no privilege, there's no exclusion. God will meet every single one of our needs because he desires a relationship with each and every one of us and when we begin to live in this mindset of God will provide we believe um, we just have this mindset shift and it's really unique and it's really just we see him move within us so again I want you to take your card and above the line, I want you to take a second and I want you to think about how God will provide for you over your shame. You know, maybe if you're struggling with addiction, God can provide freedom. 
Maybe if you're struggling with anger, God can give you a gentle spirit. Take a second. I want you to actually write it down. I want you to think about it for yourself. Don't just listen to these words. Write it down. If you're experiencing anxiety, God will provide us peace. God promises us that he will provide us peace. Paul goes on to say in Philippians, actually before all the passages that I just uh, read, he says that, um, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, submit your requests to God. And the, pre- and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love how he says that God's peace will guard our hearts and our minds. Again, spiritual order. God has designed us in such a unique way. He has designed us with the Spirit to lead and to cover us with his peace. When the woman who was weeping her tears, when she was down at Jesus' feet, that all the people that were dining at the table, they began to scoff her, and they just were like, can you believe her? I mean, to submit to that level, I mean, who, I mean, who is this lady? Who does she think she is? And Jesus looked at all of them, and he said, no, no, no. She has shown me far more hospitality than any of you have. And he looked at that woman, Because of your faith, you will go in peace. That woman had to have faith. She had to move. She had to believe that God would provide. Can we be like that weeping woman? Can we go to the feet of Jesus and say, take it all, take it all? Because I believe that you will provide everything that I need. Can we fully submit everything? And I know for many of us, it's hard. It's a daily struggle. It's not like, it's like a diet in some ways. We can't just do it once. We've gotta gotta have a healthy mindset and we've gotta have a healthy outlook and we've gotta go to God again and again and again. I struggle with anxiety on a daily basis. I say, God, I've got to have your peace. i got to have it today. And I think, you know, for us to begin to move into this uh, relationship with God, we've got to put it into practice. And a practice is something you do every day, and it's a daily awareness of the story we are telling ourselves. And I think for many of us, that practice begins right here. And I think for us to fully experience God's freedom and for us not to live in famine, we've got to get it right right here because I think our hearts want it. I think we feel like we know that what we're doing is not enough and we know we've got to make a change, but we've got to actually act on it. And then we've got to move forward and we've got to respond. And so I want you to think about how you can can put things into practice. And so on the back of your card, there's a question. And it says, what step of obedience are you willing to take 
so you can live in Christ's freedom. And you know, putting things into practice, it can look like maybe turning on a worship song in your car in the morning. It can maybe look like, you know what, I need to take a thousand extra steps a day. Maybe it looks like I need to look at myself when I go to the gym, not with a sense of shame, but I need to be proud that I'm here, that I showed up, and I'm going to work hard. Maybe when you actually do work hard and you begin to see physical change and other people begin to notice it in you and they come up to you and they say, you look so good. I can tell that you, you've lost some weight and I'm, I'm so proud of you. And I think as Southern women, so often we say, oh, well, I, I still have a couple pounds to lose. And really, you know, it, we, we begin to shame ourselves and we begin to automatically say something negative in return because we cannot accept a compliment. Why have we said, thank you? Thank you so much for noticing. Obedience is practice. It's something that we're not going to be good at on day one, but we've got to keep trying. And sometimes obedience and following God, it can seem restrictive. It can seem like we've got these boundaries and we've got you know, a certain way of doing things, but there's actually a lot of freedom in obedience because when we obey we begin to one of the first steps of obedience is confession it's repentance and that's the good guilt it's okay to say you know what i've been hanging on to some stuff that i don't need any longer and i'm going to give it to you obedience looks like saying you know what god my soul is weary my body is tired. I need your strength. Because I can't do this alone. I can do all things through you who gives me strength. I want us to put into practice a simple exercise. Everybody take your hands. Begin to rub them together. Come on. I love that noise. It sounds like rain. It's been cold. It's been a hard week. It's January. It's tough. I want you to take your warm hands and I want you to place them on the back of your shoulders. Close your eyes. Begin to massage. Massage your neck. Oh, doesn't that feel good? Get the tension out. Get the stress. Take the week off of you. It's Friday. We've been getting up early. We've been going through carpools. We've been going to work. We've been dealing with people with those nasty emails. We've had a fight with our husband. We don't feel good about the way we look. We're actually a pound heavier instead of a pound lighter. We don't like eating chicken and fish anymore. <laughs> Rub it out. Rub it out. As you rub it, guys, I want your hands, I want you to imagine that these are Jesus' hands. And he is rubbing you enjoyed this message today about how we are enough in Christ 
And I want to encourage you that if you live in the Wiregrass area to join us for our next gathering, which we will host in the spring. I'll be sure to give you that date on my Instagram account at Kristen Price Studio. And you can also follow along at Cove Dothan and we'll share the next date and we'd love for you to join us. Also, Lent is just around the corner, and we want to encourage you to draw closer to Jesus with our devotional, Undivided Prayer. And Undivided Prayer is a 21-day prayer challenge that helps you focus more on God and less on you. We all need that, right? (laughs) Through Bible readings, a short devotional, and a daily challenge, you will learn how to have an undivided heart in a very divided world. This was the first devotional that I wrote for Undivided Women, and it really is near and dear to my heart. And I think it's a great devotional for us to have at the beginning of the year. And I'm excited to announce that Undivided Prayer is offered as a digital download, an audiobook, and a spiral-bound devotional book. So if you like to listen um, or write stuff down or have it on your computer, we're going to have it for you in every way that you can imagine. So um, we'll share our encouragement with you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday online during Lent on Instagram and Facebook at Undivided Women. And our study will begin on Friday, March 1st, and end on Good Friday. So that kind of spaces out the 21 days where you don't have to do it all at once. Because I don't know if you're like me, but I always have good intention to do a devotional every single day. But really, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday works a lot better for my busy schedule. So um, I encourage you to follow along. It's going to be a really encouraging message. And if you would like to have your spiral bound devotional book if you like to uh, study that way i encourage you to go ahead and order your book by monday february 25th just to make sure that you get in time for us to start on that friday march the first and we do have a limited supply so hurry and go ahead and get yours it's beautiful and it's something that you can um, have on your coffee table when you're done reading it and it's just a good reminder Uh, to focus less on us and more on God. I want to leave you with these words from Eugene Peterson in his book, As Kingfishers Catch Fire. He says, The gospel doesn't impose a way of life on us from without and tell us that we have to live up to it. It creates a new life within and then encourages and directs us to the living out of it. It's a promise, not a demand. Bye, friends. I want to leave you with these words from one of my favorite authors, Eugene Peterson, in his book, As King Fitcher. <laughs> I can't say that word. <laughs> oh, take 10. <laughs>